Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. Thank you so much for staying with us through the intro. As you know, we are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And we're really, really glad to be with you. But because this is digital, we go out over all kinds of digital platforms, podcasts, you name it. A lot of people are still asleep, folks. And uh, I, I think the left is closing the noose on our freedoms. And I think that we really need to band together and we need to share ideas. So feel free to reproduce this show. Uh, send it out far and wide. We really do appreciate it. We're going to be joined today by an old friend of mine, Darren Weeks. And he and I were over at RBN together for a number of years, and we've kind of both gone our own way since that time. But uh, we're still battling a lot of the same issues and same philosophies, and we're going to be talking about major issues of the day. Excuse me, and I'm going to also ask him that uh, question I'm asking everybody. In two days, supposedly the Pentagon's going to release information on alien disclosure. Um, to me, you've heard what I've said. I'm not holding my breath. And I think it'll be manipulative to some degree. But, you know, you never know. You know, And some people are actually optimistic. Uh, I wish something definitive would come out, but I don't know. I just I don't think they're giving us information just because they like us and they want us to know and it's our tax dollars at work. So I don't think it's going to be that. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we have three distinct sponsors for this show. And as you know, we reject about 90% of all advertising, and not because they're not good products from reputable companies. But we want to give you things that we think that you might need, and especially in this dire times. So, number one, do you have enough storable food? And we know the food supply chain's in trouble. We know the meat packing plants are way below what they should be. We know all these problems and the just-in-time deliveries could be threatened. And we know this. Do you have storable food? Do you have enough for your family? Can you get through six months? We have people that tell us two years is the minimum. Well, I don't know if anyone can really reach that. That's a high level, but do you have enough to get through a crisis? If you don't, you need to go to MPS. Restaurant quality, okay, I've tasted it, tastes great. Got lots of variety, so you won't habituate to the same food. 2,000 calories per day and 25-year shelf life. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. Take care of your family now. You don't want to be walking into the camp, so to speak, begging for food. Uh, we're also brought to you by... I think a, an outstanding, reputable satellite company. My fear is if the people rise up, and I'm starting to see some evidence of that. You look at the school board meeting videos around the country here, people's level of awareness and anger is beginning to boil over. And when they learn about one issue, they're going to cascade into other issues. And when we stand up, they're going to shut down all communications. I mean, that's a given. We already know that. They practice for it. They can take down a city the size of Phoenix in less than 30 minutes. So what are you going to do if you're separated from your family? You're out and about in different parts of the city. What are you going to do? Can't communicate. How are you going to rally? Well, if you have satellite phones, you don't have to worry. Satellite phones, very, very, very difficult to interfere with. I won't say absolutely impossible. I'm going to say nearly impossible. And I pay about a quarter of the monthly cost for my satellite phone that I do for my cell phone. And I use it just for emergency purposes. And I'm telling you folks, you really want to look into this. We have an ad at the top of the commonsenshow.com that will actually describe this process in detail. Or you can give them a call at 855-980-5830. That's 855-980-5830. One last thing. If you have assets to protect, and is anyone questioning the fact that we can't sustain Biden's super spending, reckless spending, $32 trillion in debt is where we're at today, he wants to throw another $6 trillion into it. 
You really think the dollar is going to survive? I don't know if it is, but I'm going to act like it's not. I'm going to be prudent. So I went to Noble Gold. I was advertising for them for two years, and I said, you know what? I like what they do, and man, do I like what they do now. I'm a customer. They can prioritize your assets, your investments. They can really work with your 401k and your IRA and basically make it bulletproof. And I'm not going to say a whole lot more. I just want you to talk to them. And by the way, you have to make the final push. They're trained not to push you into a sale. That's right. You have to take the final step. I want you to give them a call, 877-646-5347. If you have assets to protect, you owe yourself to make this phone call, 877-646-5347. And those are the good people that bring this show to you. And uh, we're so proud to be affiliated with them. Well, Darren is here on the line with us. And Darren, it's always really good to talk to you. It's, it, you know, we've, we've had a lot of water go under the bridge <laughs> since we first met and worked over at RBN. And what, what year did you start there at RBN? I started in June of 2008. I think it was June 28th. Oh, yeah. or... We're pretty close. I came in, uh, gosh, I think it was December of 2008. And uh, point that, I was... Yeah, that was, yeah. And I'm sure Michael Powers brought you on as the program yep. director. Yeah. By the way, I'm working with Michael now. Um, we've oh, got a show that runs out of KYAH uh, radio. And uh, Michael's the program director there. And uh, he's, he does a great job for me. I absolutely love what Michael does. Um, yeah. So anyway, here we are. It's now <laughs> 2021. And... This country, in many ways, has gone to hell in a handbasket. And so when you look at America today, what worries you the most? What keeps you up at night? What do you and your wife talk about, like, here's our greatest fears? Well, I'll tell you right now, what concerns me the most at the moment is the power grid. Uh, I think a lot of people are not prepared for a power grid outage. I think if they took it down, it would be very detrimental. Uh, I'm, I'm concerned about the unrest in our cities that we're seeing, uh, the fact that we have these communists uh, rioting all the time, and the breakdown of law and order. I mean, there's just absolutely no justice for these people. Uh, they're, they're just letting them go. They're, they're arresting them, and some in some cases they, they get charges filed, but then the charges are dropped, and so the problem is we don't have a, a Department of Justice anymore, and, and the local officials who used to prosecute crime are not. In the meantime, of course, and I know your listeners all know all of this, we have all the, the the fighting against the police. Now, some of that they've backtracked on because crime has gotten so far out of control in some of these cities, and they're trying to change the strategy. It turns out defunding the police wasn't really a, a, a very popular option even on the left or the right. So they've had to try to backtrack some on the uh, narrative on that. But uh, what this really boils down to, the defund the police thing, is they want to implement community-oriented community -oriented policing services. The COPS program is a big part, and it was pushed by Loretta Lynch and the Department of Justice during the Obama years. Uh, she went through into these various cities, Loretta Lynch did, and was forming these consent decrees with the cities. So in other words, the way it works is the they wait for some kind of outcry or some, you know, you've got enough people in these cities where the cops will shoot somebody. And, you know, of course, we know the whole notion that they shoot more blacks than whites is a bogus notion. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. 
the Washington Post in their own database has you, you you can look it up more white people are shot by cops in this country than black people more unarmed white people are shot than black people it's just a fact but yet they've been promoting this lie that black people are not safe in their communities black people are not safe in America and it's more dangerous to be black than it is white it's bogus the problem is you know most of the people that are shot by cops are Forget the skin color, they're criminals. Exactly. Cops Resisting the, the cops yeah. with force. Right. Yeah. Or or coming at them with a knife or reaching down. And I always say on my radio program that if you don't want to have if you don't want to get shot by a cop, do things that minimize the likelihood that you're going to interact with cops. It just seems like common sense to me. I don't know. You know, but but it doesn't. Reality doesn't matter. They're going after the law enforcement, and they're going after justice because uh, they want to promote lawlessness. They want to promote this law of the jungle type of situation where people don't, you know, only the fittest can survive, and that and that sort of thing. So I'm very concerned about this being pushed from the highest levels in cities and lo- localities because it's like they're they're creating the perfect situation for people to be able to, but what I was what I was telling you a moment ago Loretta Lynch sent these she went and set up these consent decrees in these cities so when when somebody is shot when a black person in particular is, is shot there's a big outcry screaming the media plays into it they build up rage and then uh, so Loretta Lynch just came in there and she set up these consent decrees which is a way to settle a lawsuit and one of the conditions of the of, of the settlement is that they will adopt community-oriented policing services. The problem with COPS is that it draws in the very types of elements into your policing that you don't want. So the, the, the way it's sold is that the community will be brought in, and so they have citizen panels and that sort of thing, which will be feeding into it. The whole process is designed so that you don't prosecute crime. You don't, and we're seeing this already now, the, the effects of some of this. There are places in this country right now, California, where they're not, they're actually not prosecuting certain petty crimes. Like under $1,000, if it's somebody steals something out of your car, you go, you go to these cities that have this in place, they won't prosecute you. Uh, if, if somebody, somebody steals something out of your car that's under $1,000, too bad for you. So I, I think it's a ch- it puts a chilling effect on tourism because certainly I wouldn't go to a city that has that policy in place. No, I but wouldn't either. Breakdown in law and order, and when when we, s- we start getting away from enforcing, uh, cr- you know, prosecuting crimes, we're pretty much on our way to a barbaric society. So that's. That's it. Really gives rise. It, it's a benefit to live in a rural area, but you know, uh, you can only do that to the point where I mean, they really. We know with Agenda 21, they want to get everybody out of the rural areas, and I can't imagine living in a city like Portland, or Portland, Oregon, or Minneapolis, Minnesota, or all these places where all of these mobs of people come through and and they're not stopped. They order the cops to stand down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do, and 
Well, what do they think they're accomplishing by this? It, it, because, see, you, they have children and grandmothers and uncles that can be victimized by these criminals running loose, too. So what, what do these bureaucrats and these politicians gain by abandoning the rule of law? I don't think... I think what... First of all, they don't have to worry about it because they have enough money. They live in their gated communities, and they can hide their, hire their own private security. So there's, they're pretty insulated from the effects of all that. As to what they gain, uh, they gain th their job is to, is to implement totalitarian homeland security, federalization of the police department, and that's really what, you know, but it, it, this whole idea is the communitarian implementation of... Uh, basically gutting everything in, in terms of law enforcement so that you can put it over to the fusion centers. The, this is a takeover of our local law enforcement by federal police. If they make things bad enough in a local level, people will be begging for any kind of change. And that's the problem is people don't realize how they're being manipulated. This is all designed, in my view, you know, we already have Homeland Security fusion centers all around the, dotting around the entire country these regional centers where they fuse intelligence with local policing. And this has taken it another step further, having these, uh, these community boards and drawing in the criminal element into the object of policing uh, is, is a very dangerous development. But, it's, but what, what, what's even worse is it's not going to work things will continue to get bad we're already seeing it continue to get bad and uh, they want to use social work social workers to counsel criminals now I know it's crazy it's just it is it's, it's absolutely nuts to any sane person it's just you know in the meantime we have just out today or not today but uh, it was probably a week week and a half ago the National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism. I don't know if you've seen this report. I've seen it. It was sent to me when it came out. Yeah. Basically, they say that the white supremacists in our country is the biggest threat that we face. White supremacy. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't see a whole lot of Klan people running around in my neighborhood. Maybe, maybe you do in yours, Dave, but I, I don't see a whole lot of people burning crosses or, you know, so, but what it is is they've redefined all these, all these terms. What used to be, I mean, we think of white supremacists as somebody who's wanting to reign and run roughshod over other races, who's a white person who, who, who is racist and wants to do all that, wants to dominate. That's not what they're talking about here. What they're talking about are conservatives. They've, they've redefined everything in such a way, and that's why that's how they can call black people who are conservatives. I've seen places where they've called them white supremacists. How can you be black and be a white supremacist? Because they've changed the definition of terms. They can't come out and say the greatest threat that we face are conservatives, because there would be a huge political backlash for them if they did that. But they're they're saying that if they redefine it as white supremacists. But everything in this report, they are targeting us. They are targeting us. And they never, you know, they never mention Antifa in here. They never mention uh, Black Lives Matter in here, which we know by their own admission 
is a communist organization. It was founded by communists. Uh, Patrice Cullors said that she's a trained Marxist, and she admitted that until she resigned because she's got mil you know millions of dollars wrapped up in real estate now. She, she, it's amazing how they how they, be, they can be good little capitalists when they want to be. Oh sure, yeah, Marxism can be profitable when it's disguised properly. But you know, you're right about how they're categorizing people, but. You know, I, I do appreciate the ADL. You know what they are, right? The ADL? Oh, defamation league. Yeah. Um, I made I made their article. And they were talking about, first Chuck Baldwin was saying, I'm really concerned about the loss of constitutional liberties with the lockdowns and so forth. And um, then they went after me. And let me see if I can, I have it here in my notes. Um, da, 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 da. The ADL should come to my site every day. They would like me because I stand up for the defenseless. Okay. Um, <laughs> they really go after Chuck. They gave him like four paragraphs. With me, wow. they gave me a half a paragraph. And they said, well, one extremist chimed in and agreed with Chuck Baldwin and said, well, the way that this is being uh, proposed here, that we're under medical martial law. Well, what the heck did they think a lockdown was? Yeah. When you couldn't go out of your home, right? You couldn't go shopping. Uh, you had to wear a mask, even though we knew the mask didn't work, and Fauci told us the mask didn't work. So here's what it says. It says, the conspiracy-fueled personalities were quick to weigh in on February 4th. Dave Hodges, host of the Common Sense Show, his slogan is Freeing America One Enslaved Minds at a Time, published an article on his website declaring U.S. citizens are under medical martial law and your freedom can come to immediate end. Was that a true statement, Darren, or did I exaggerate? No, you, you, our freedoms did come to an end. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know what they're saying didn't happen. I mean, if I owned the ABC gallery, okay, and I made pants and I sold a few groceries, I got shut down. But Walmart that sold the same kind of products got to stay open. That's tyranny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we've had, of course, you know, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, our governor. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's like she's fingernails on the chalkboard when you say her name. Infamous, uh, yeah, she, I think she's worried about her re-election uh, prospects because she's just uh, allowed for the first time, I think it was Tuesday, well, it would have been yesterday, I guess, that she just uh, finally relented and let the restaurants be at full capacity and and that sort of thing. But, mm -hmm. yeah, we, we've had so many businesses uh, go under here in Michigan. Uh, so many, so many restaurants have closed, and these businesses are not going to come back. Uh, you know, and I, I've had friends tell me, you know, why don't these businesses just all get together and reopen at once? And I'm like, yeah, that would be nice to defy. Some of them actually have. Yeah, I saw well, that. I've seen it. The health department. See, they started off doing this under a a, a a law where she did it directly, but it was a limited law. She could only do it for a limited period of time. Michigan Supreme Court. Uh, handed down a decision against her using that law so what she did is she just found another law uh, I believe it was 1947 law which basically let the health department uh, issue them so she just started issuing them issuing the mandates or the, the uh, restrictions through the health department so she just did it by proxy and just continued on and I gotta say the Republicans in this state have pretty much been pathetic in terms of doing anything to try to stop her across the nation yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, and, and so if in, somebody thinks the Republicans are really helping you out, 
uh, they're just as bad, really, as the Democrats. It's really a tag team tyranny type of deal. And uh, yeah, I'm very disappointed with Trump, uh, to be honest with you. Donald Trump, I mean, you could say, well, he was gaslit when he was in office, but he's continued to promote the COVID shots after he's been out of office. You know, why would he continue to do that? I mean, people are being harmed. We've got thousands of people that have died immediately. We have no idea down the road what kind of problems these things are going to cause. They're not FDA approved, and I wouldn't care if they were FDA approved because there's been no testing, and I don't want to be in a, an experiment. Uh, the, the, I don't know. And, and have you seen these videos of people putting the magnets on them? Yes, I have. I, uh, I, I completely dismissed all of this as being, uh, you know, crazy. You know, I, honestly, I put it in the QAnon category. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I just I just dismissed it as being something that's nutty and moved on until Dell Bigtree came out. His team actually did an investigation and they, uh, you know, they didn't do it to hype it and make it into something, you know, that clickbaity. Uh, they just were trying to get to the bottom of whether or not it was real, and most of the people it didn't stick. Uh, but there were a few, and so it kind of got me into thinking, well, maybe there's something to this. And then I came across the information from uh, there was a guy who, Stu Peters, and I didn't know anything about Stu Peters, but he, he's a talk show host. He had a doctor on Jane Ruby, I think was her name. And she came on and she was talking about this and referenced something called magnetofection. This is a word that was trademarked by Oz Biosciences. They developed a process through using magnetic field to to, uh, penetrate the cells uh, of the body. And it's all a delivery system for mRNA. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. No, t- tell me. Tell me about this. I want to, penetrating the cells, but what's the purpose of penetrating the cells? To get the mRNA, what they're delivering into the cells. Okay, yeah. and then what effect does that have? Well, apparently this is a problem. I'm not, I'm not a scientific expert, so I, I, I can't speak to the science of it all. The Oz Biosciences, uh, and what's funny is that they're you go to their website and they're their uh, logo looks like an all-seeing eye, uh, so so there's that. But anyway, it says magnetofection is a simple and highly efficient transfection method to transfect primary cells and hard-to-transfect cells. Inspired by the validated and recognized magnetic drug targeting technology, this original method is a revolution for transfection and infection. In essence, the idea was to unite the advantages of popular biochemical and physical transfection methods in one system while excluding their inconveniences, low efficiency, toxicity, and difficult to handle. It is the unique technology suitable for viral and non-viral gene delivery applications. So it is a delivery method that they have, they have developed. I'm convinced that this is what they're using in these uh, Pfizer and uh, and, I, and I can tell you I was talking about this on, on Govern America and I had a listener call in and he said yeah it's real I can tell you the magnet really does stick at the in, at the insertion point because his mother 
had had the Moderna shot against his will. He tried to tell her ahead of time not to get it. She went behind his back and got it. And he says, well, let me just try something. And he went and got a magnet off of her refrigerator and stuck it to the injection site. And it stuck. So for some of these people, it's sticking. And some of the people, it's not sticking, which makes it even more difficult because a lot of people, and myself included at first, uh, would think that this is not real. Uh, it is real. It just doesn't work evidently on some people and it works on other people. So I don't understand it. I'm not sure exactly what we're dealing with, but I have a strong belief that it is this Oz Biosciences. And there's a, a chemical website that this lady, I wish I had the, I still had the audio handy. I'd play it for you. There's a, um, but I played it on, on, on Govern America. There's, if you go to governamerica.com in my archives, there is a show called Magnetofection. Uh, and How do you spell that? It is M-A-G-N-E-T-O-F-E-C-T-I-O-N. That's and a strange word. Yeah, it's a trademarked. It's trademarked by Oz Biosciences. They were the ones that developed it. But there is also a chemical site which evidently sells some of this technology, and they say it's not for human consumption. They give strong warnings about it. But evidently, and I can't prove this is the technology they're using in the shot, but it would certainly explain that why these magnets are sticking in some people. Hmm. Well, it's um, are these people more at risk because of this? Well, I don't think it's a. I don't. I, there's there's a number of people. I would say they were at risk because of the whole thing. Um, I would say this just adds one more dimension to something that was already terrible. Uh, I really believe, you know, we all know about Bill Gates and his eugenicist background and how he's been promoting this. Uh, shots as you know vaccinations as a way to reduce the population if anybody needs proof of that all you have to do is go to his TED talk uh, innovating to zero is what it's called look it up in TED talk Bill Gates innovating to zero and listen to the first five minutes of his TED talk where he talks about how they need to get down to zero emissions and the way to do that part of the way if, if we do a really good job with and he named off a number of things vaccination being one of them uh, we can get that number down to zero. He's been all over the place promoting these shots. And um, he's also been very involved in uh, these simulation exercises like, uh, you know, pan pan Pandemic Exercise 201. Yes. Well, that was almost worse than predictive programming. Hey, we're going to do this exercise, and by the way, we'll roll it out in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, what they did. Yeah, it is. It, it, they, they, it concluded just about the same time the, the real deal started. And, of course, with all the stuff that's come out since with uh, Anthony Fauci and his emails and the fact that uh, he was funneling money. And, in fact, I was, I was, we were talking about that on the show for several months prior to it being coming not common knowledge in the mainstream media. I know Tucker Carlson was hammering it, hammering it, hammering it uh, to his credit. But... Uh, but a lot of this stuff, you know, for, for months, I'm like, why isn't anybody talking about this? Why isn't anybody talking about the fact that the 
NIH is funneling money, and now since we since then we know also the Defense Department, the United States Agency for International Development, they were giving money to the Wuhan lab as well. Mm -hmm. Why would we be working with our communist Chinese so-called enemies? Why would we, we be giving anything, any money for uh, biological warfare weapons to be developed against the population to communist China? We would be giving them money. We've given them tools to use against us. And we're funding it. It makes no sense unless th those at the highest levels are actually in partnership and, and working with communist China. And this whole notion that we're really enemies is just a scam. Well, it's treason of the highest order because millions have died worldwide and thousands, hundreds of thousands have died in America. Um, although I don't believe the death count. I mean, uh, if you had the sniffles, it was COVID. I mean, we know how that fraud went, so they got the government payouts. But, but still, a significant number of people died from COVID who had comorbid conditions, you know, related underlying factors. And, and Fauci is a murderer. I call him Dr. Mengele Fauci because this is what he is. Yeah. And, and how is he not under investigation right now is just beyond me. It, it just speaks to the fact that we are absolutely devoid of any rule of law. Yeah, and he's still in his job. That's the thing that kills me. He hasn't even been forced to resign, and, and that really speaks to the fact that we have two different universes uh, running right now. You know, this is this is information that's freely available on the right. You've got Fox News, you've got Tucker Carlson, which really, honestly, I, I, I don't really care about anything on Fox News other than Tucker Carlson. He's the only one that I really listen to. Uh, but then you've got One American News, you've got the reality on the right, and then you've got the reality on the left, which is entirely different establishment-based. And so, I mean, not that there's not propaganda on the right as well, but you have a lot of truth there that the left will never see because they don't watch those outlets. They don't listen to talk radios like Dave Hodges. They don't listen to things that we, when we're telling the information, so, so you have silos of information that have been built up now, and you literally have two different realities that have formed. And so it now it's like it doesn't even matter that the truth gets out as long as it gets out in the right silo. It's not enough of an effect, so they just keep on going with the criminality and, c and completely ignore those of us who are telling the truth. It's, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> Well, it's worse than mind-blowing. It's criminal. It's treasonous. And there's really no reason for it. I mean, I, I look at this and, I mean, if this would have happened, I don't know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, uh, heads would be rolling right now. I mean, Watergate was a walk in the park compared to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And at least the country back then was more aware you know, when there was corruption, there was consequences for the corruption. Now we've gotten down to where we're really kind of like a, a banana republic. There's no kind of consequences. You got corruption, it just stays. They just continue on. They ignore the calls, you know, and they don't they don't care that people are calling for investigations. As a matter of fact, they're willing to have investigations because they know that uh, the parameters of the investigation they can define. So that so it really leaves us in an uncomfortable position as to what we what we're going to do uh, yeah. let me let me share with you and this will cover a lot of the points that we've talked about impotence of the Republicans and so forth as well as 
the lack of rule of law. And what's interesting is I had sources inside Maricopa County elections. I had a couple of other sources I'm going to be non-specific about for obvious reasons. And it was over eight weeks ago, and I came out with some findings. I said the election codes for the Dominion voting machines were never in the possession of the Maricopa County supervisors. And people were saying, they need to give them up. They I said, they don't have them. They never had them. And people just went nuts when I said that. Well, who had them? And I said, well, Dominion never gave them up. I know that because the election official said we never got them. Okay, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I had privy to information a letter was going to come out from the current county recorder who was newly elected saying there had been a data breach a few days before the election. Actually, I think it was about a week and a half before the election. And uh, so just hold on to that thought for a second. When I tell you the second part of this, it's a companion. In Arizona, there were approximately, or not Arizona, but in Maricopa County, there were approximately 20,000 duplicate ballots that were filed. In other words, someone puts their ballot in the machine or rejects it, they use the wrong marking pen or whatever. So they're given a duplicate ballot, but by state law, they have to attach the original ballot to the duplicate ballot. There are 20,000 instances of duplicate ballots with no originals. All the votes are for Joe Biden, and they got inactive voters from that data breach on the voter registration, and they were selling it like, don't worry, no bad information was, they don't know your address, they don't, yeah, they did know their address from their voter registration records, and they admitted voter registration records were easily hacked but somehow private information wasn't I don't believe that one either but that's how they manipulated 20,000 votes and then I had Chris Kitsy on my show uh, and Chris is well connected <laughs> he is really well connected in ways I can't talk about publicly but he we did a TV show together and he had um, screenshots of how many votes were counted in China and I thought his evidence was good but I couldn't hook it to anything until the Maricopa County audit started and I started to see patterns that fit into what he was saying. And he was telling about all these votes from Maricopa County that were counted in China and manipulated by the Chinese and by Dominion. And Mm -hmm. then we find that, gee, the governor and other key election officials are tied to George Soros. They're tied to the communist Chinese. They even have dealings with rare earth minerals in their military and that's in writing from publications in the National Governors Association. So I got all this stuff. Darren, I put all this stuff out like seven and a half, eight and a half, eight and a half weeks ago. Okay, here's, here's what I got in response. One of the people working for the audit, and I'm gonna expose you, Mr. P. You're gonna be out there in just a few little while. He started contacting my colleagues, like Sarah Westall, Paul Preston, all the guys I talk with on a regular, almost daily basis. Don't listen to Dave Hodges. He told one person, no, that was someone else. Another person called and told somebody, if you keep following Dave Hodges, you're going to end up dead. And so all this is out there. Okay, Dave Hodges is crazy. He's endangering the audit. Uh, This is supposed to be confidential, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? I'm a reporter. I'm not bound by your confidentialities. If I have it, I'm going to report it. Mm -hmm. So I put it out there. It took tremendous feedback. But listen to this one. I was sent a map of aerial surveillance of where they're doing the audit. And I had the fin number and the elevation, what the plane could do. It was it was a uh, Phoenix police plane granted by the federal government, so high tech. I knew what it could do. A week later, two days apart, 
I get that same plane and it's in my remote area of northern Maricopa County circling my area where there aren't many houses. They wanted to know what I knew. So I'm under surveillance. And uh, <laughs> here's the long and short of it. With all this evidence and everything I said was right, and there's a state senator now parroting everything I'm saying, uh, State Senator Sonny Borelli. Um, and listen, I'm not criticizing him. He's saying what I was saying two months ago. Um, here's what the head auditors were saying now. That these are the politicians, like Karen Fan, State Senate President. Well, we're doing this now, and she's changed her tune, because we want to make sure that the 2022 election goes off without any problems. <laughs> In other words, they're not willing to correct anything. And you know what happened to Karen Fan? She was sent white powder. This was reported one day in our media, one day, and that was it. Never appeared again. Yeah, we sent it to Department of Public Safety for analysis. Never heard the report, but clearly it was imitation anthrax or the real thing. It was a death threat. Right. Someone, someone got to her. So she goes and speaks to a bunch of patriots where I have frequently spoken up in Prescott, and she says the same thing. Well, we're just hoping that this doesn't happen in 2022. In other words, all this expense for the audit, all this effort, we have the proof of criminality beyond a shadow of a doubt. We have contempt of court because they won't surrender evidence to the key people. And Darren, nothing's going to happen. That's my yeah. point. Sorry for the long story, but I wanted you to experience, you know, vicariously what I've gone through. All this work I did, all the work the auditors have done, we have the goods. We can put people in prison and nothing is going to happen. And that's what is very predictable about all of it. I could have said from the very beginning, you know, a lot of people uh, think that maybe Trump, you know, if, if the election could be overturned, Biden would be removed. And I've been saying all along, this is not going to happen. Yeah. Who would remove? It would take a military coup at this point. And by the way, they're in the process of gutting the military, purging the military of any patriotism and constitutional freedom loving people. Uh, what happens when they completely, uh, if they're successful at getting rid of all the people who understand what the military really is supposed to be used for? Um, a lot of people in the military, because of patriotism, because they love freedom, because they love our country, but you put a lot of woke people inside the military. I think the intelligence establishment went woke many, many years ago. Uh, well, it started under Obama when he fired, what, three to 400 uh, command officers uh, and replaced them with absolute liberals. Mm -hmm. So we know that happened then. Uh, man, oh man, it's getting so bad now. I hear the stories. Let me tell you, I had, I've had two conversations with two different Pentagon personnel. And I'm not going to say their rank, but let's just say it's significant enough to say that they have some knowledge. So they both have arms on site. That's how worried they are about being purged for who they are and how they're going to be purged. They have arms on site? At the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And uh, a third party who I know, who knew both, put us together two different times, 14 months apart. Two different conversations. I didn't talk to both at the same time. And they both have admitted to me that they're worried about being assassinated while at work. Well, that's quite a statement. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people that are being harassed now 
or who are even just on the level of just ordinary Americans, uh, in, including those who are talk show hosts. I can tell you that uh, I know of a particular talk show host that if I said his name, um, everyone would recognize his name. Well, I, I say everybody. I don't know if everybody would, but a lot of people and probably a lot of people in your audience would recognize his name. He was visited by the FBI, and they, they asked him uh, what he would, uh, if he was at January 6th, the rally there in Washington, D.C. And he said, no, I wasn't there. He, he, he didn't go. But they were asking him if he went. Now, they're saying that they're calling that an insurrection. We know that was, we know now, and it can't be argued, I mean, by any reasonable person who looks at the facts, it was thoroughly infiltrated. Uh, you had John Sullivan arrested, $90 million, I think it was the figure, $90,000, I think was the figure they confiscated from him. I guess they are going forward and prosecuting him. He was an Antifa slash Black Lives Matter organizer. Uh, he was very active on the left in these riots that took place last summer. And he, he I guess he had some kind of charges already stemming from some of that against him but then he attended the Capitol rally and I think with the intention of doing exactly what this was this to me was a setup I think the Patriots were set up yes. I think this well planned in advance uh, the people that were inside the Capitol I think some of them were Patriots and I think that's undeniable but they were the most people that were there that went in uh, we know that law enforcement the Capitol Police allowed at least some of them in now, in other areas, they were keeping them out, but I, they were letting some of them in, and they walked in through the door. There were some that went in through broken windows and what have you. Okay, anybody that went through a broken window, anybody that broke things, stole things, sure, you know, prosecute them. I'm all for that. But most of the people were there. They were having a rally, and it was a political rally. Yeah, political rallies are noisy, but that's the whole purpose of our country, a constitutional republic. You instruct your legislative leaders, and they were there to do just that, to make their voices be heard. And uh, now, so, mo the overwhelming of the number of people, the thousands and droves were out there listening to Trump when all of this stuff was going on. Trump speaking, uh, there wouldn't have been enough time. You know, there's a timeline problem at the time that the uh, incident started at the Capitol from Trump was still speaking, so the overwhelming majority of his supporters were over there listening to him. But uh, but you've got all this going on, and you've got the FBI going around talking to people and asking them if they were there, and it's like you're a terrorist or something if you attended a political rally now. And I can tell you how things are misconstrued, uh, because I had kind of a similar situation here in Michigan, and I've told this story on my show you know, just as recently as this past Saturday, but I had told it before as well. We had a situation where during the first round, during the COVID lockdowns here in Michigan, I went into the, uh, we, I attended a number of political rallies in Lansing, our state capital here. And uh, there was an incident where, you know, we had, it was called the Revolution 2 rally, and I live streamed it on Periscope. You can see the video on YouTube. But uh, they said, you know, one of the people, and I was up front, they, one of the people said we're, we're, they're, they're going to open up the Capitol and we're going to go in because they were considering some bills uh, and 
so I thought, oh, okay, great. You know, and of course, everybody that was there couldn't fit in there, you know, because, it, I mean, there were thousands of people there. But they opened the side door, and I continued to live stream the event as we went in. And now I'm really glad that I did. Because when we got inside, they, you know, anybody that had signage, I didn't because I had equipment. But there were a number of people that had signs. They asked people to leave the sign out in the, uh, in the corridor there. And, um, and the police, the state police, had a table set up, and they pointed a temperature gun at our head and took our temperature and said, okay, you're good to go. And so we went in there, and, and yeah, it was noisy. It was, uh, you know, people were pounding their, uh, stomping their feet and saying, let us in, let us in, outside, outside the legislative chamber. Um, and it was, it, was, it was fun. It was interesting. Uh, and I was there for several hours, and then I went home took a nap and when I woke up I, I log on to Twitter and Michigan terrorists is trending on Twitter oh my gosh <laughs> and I said what oh my gosh because as being somebody you know and they were saying that we stormed the Capitol with guns and I said you've got to be kidding me you know well there were some people there that had you know long rifles but they weren't pointing them at anybody they were they were there to keep things peaceful from the other crowd, you know, the wonderful mobs or what have you. They were there kind of as a security detail for the for the people that were rallying in favor of getting these restrictions lifted. And they were inside the Capitol, but a couple of Democrat uh, legislators said, oh, they were intimidating us with guns. And, uh, and then the media, of course, the left-wing media picked it up and ran with it and, and made, made it all into something that it completely was not. Sure. Nobody was being threatened. And, um, but that's, you know, and right after that, you know, in, in January 6th, then the Capitol incident took place, you know, some months later. And so I'm thinking, okay, I can completely see how that situation can be completely misconstrued and taken completely out of context. And you listen to some of the people that were arrested. And now these people are being held in solitary confinement now. And there's, there's at least one letter they allege that they've been they're being beaten in some cases by the guards and all because they were at a political rally so I believe that this whole thing was a setup I think it was the intention of it is to put a chilling effect on all dissent and I think that that's where we are in America now the FBI is going around talking to our colleagues and some of the people who are fighting for freedom asking them were you there were you at january 6th i mean why even ask that except that you're trying to intimidate people um yeah i i know someone that was there and he fought to help the capitol police didn't stop the uh, fbi and he tells the story on my show so and i'm talking about jamie walden so it's okay to mention his name because he's been very public about it but the fbi showed up at his door he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't illegally enter anything. Um, he helped the police. Uh, it was crazy. But he also told me, too, Antifa and some police were compromised, and they were part of the problem. Yeah, and that's my understanding as well. Uh, there's a gentleman that recently came out with a video. I don't remember his name, but he showed video indicating. And, and Tucker, to his credit, Tucker Carlson has come out in the last week or so 
and he's been pounding on the FBI talking about all these uh, unindicted co-conspirators that were active on, on that day. And the question is, who are these unindicted co-conspirators? We know the FBI has had a long history of setting people up. And, and frankly, I'm of the opinion at this point, I know we need you know, law enforcement to be able to investigate and prosecute interstate crime, but we have more and more uh, the war on mentally ill people, uh, people who are not quite right in the head, uh, who, but who wouldn't normally do anything wrong, except that the FBI takes them by the hand and sends them through the process of committing some kind of terrorist act, giving them material support and knowledge support, and when they go to pull the trigger, then the FBI swoops in and says, aha, congratulations, you're a terrorist, and slaps the cuffs on them and then holds the press conference telling the public how wonderful they are to justify yeah. the budget. What's good for their career? See, they invent the crime, they create the criminal, and they get to take credit for stopping something they started. Yeah, it's real uh, real easy to investigate and prosecute crimes that you create. <laughs> this is See, what we've described here today in this show, we're going to have to do this again because we haven't even got to the some of the meat of the serious matters, but, but what you've described here today is just how absolute lawless we are. And I was telling the Maricopa County election audit story, it's the same thing. Um, there's two audits going on right now, by the way, in California. Uh, and I say potential audit because there's a lawsuit. Uh, my friend Paul Preston's behind it. And then uh, in Georgia, the, uh, there's people who are actually admitting guilt, like Rathensburger. Uh, but I'm not holding my breath. I'm not. And I agree with you. Trump is not coming back. I love Mike Lindell to death. He's a brave, courageous American. Uh, but... Um, he's wrong. Trump is not coming back. Even if they disallowed the election, Harris would end up uh, being out. Biden would be out. You know who the president would be by order of secession? It would yes. be Pelosi. Yep, Speaker of the House. Is that cra- is that is that scary or is that scary? Well, all of it's scary. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I'm I'm not terribly excited about Joe Biden. Uh, everybody says that uh, Nancy Pelosi or. or Kamala Harris would be worse. I'm not so sure. I think I, I don't think Joe Biden's running the show. No, he's not. That's Even clear. That, so he talks so, about his handlers, Darren. No, isn't it funny? He's I mentioned mean, them. Oh, they're going to be unhappy with me now. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, dude, you're the president. He got up the other day and said something about, uh, you know, they gave me a list as you as per usual. They gave me a list of who to call on in terms yeah. of reports. Darren, I, I got to interrupt you here because. I'm looking at the clock here, and I did bad clock management. I'm sorry. I used to be good at this at RBN. I've gotten worse, I guess. But anyway, real quickly, tell people how they can listen to your show. It's terrific. It's Govern America, and you can go to the website, governamerica.com. We put out a podcast. You can uh, subscribe to Most podcast apps have us. Uh, And uh, we are also live-streamed on KU Band Satellite, Galaxy 19. Okay. American Voice Radio Network. And on that note, we're up against the hard break. Thanks so much, Darren. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, always, anytime. Take care.